Thank you for joining me tonight for the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Robinson, and tonight's episode's title is From Transition to Transformation. Streaming live here on the Dr. Pamela Robinson Facebook page, as well as streaming live on the Lotus Flower YouTube channel. Sometimes in life, God brings times of transition to create transformation. As a licensed clinical social worker, a licensed mental health therapist, and a ordained elder, I am devoted to helping others experience what true inner peace and healing feel like. Sometimes we've just have to celebrate where we are in the season of life that we find ourselves in. At this time, I find myself in a season of singlehood and I want you to know that my life is good. I'm proud to be able to carry myself very well through my season of being solo, as I call it. Sometimes you've got to put on your nice, fine clothes and strut your stuff and just hold your head up and keep it moving, knowing that with God, all things are possible. So if you find yourself today on a solo journey, I define it this way. A solo journey is only solo if you look at it that way. Because the Lord said in his word that he would never leave nor forsake us. So even if you're on a solo journey right now, you always have a friend in the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, when your mother and father forsake you, then he would take you up, that he would be right there with you. So you're never alone. So I want you to be encouraged tonight and learn to live again. If you find yourself as a widow, learn to live again and know that bigger and better things are on the horizon. Once again, this is the Lotus Flower Podcast, and I am your host, Dr. Pamela Robinson. The episode title tonight is From Transition to Transformation, Season 3, Episode Number 9. I'd like to tell you a bit about our podcast analytics, first and foremost. As I looked at our podcast analytics, I found that we currently have on the YouTube Lotus Flower channel, 53 subscribers. In the last 28 days, we've had a total of 159 people that have viewed the podcast. And I thank you for that. I thank you for following us and I thank you for viewing the podcast. On our audio platforms, however, we have a total of 996 subscribers on the audio platforms. So I thank you for subscribing both to our audio platforms and to our 
platforms that are live and visual. So if you find yourself tonight watching us or listening to us, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. And as I look further into our podcast analytics, I found that five countries are listed that are listening weekly and or whenever they have time in their schedule to the Lotus Flower Podcast. Now, the top country that's listening to the podcast thus far is the United States of America. But we also have people listening in Belgium. We have people that are listening from South Africa, people that are listening and or watching the podcast from Rome. We have people that are listening and or watching the podcast from France. We have people that are listening and or watching the podcast from South America, as well as from Australia. Thus far, over the last 30 days, there have been 416 downloads. That means people have gone on to the podcast and they've downloaded that podcast to their actual computer or their smartphones or tablets so that they can watch it at a later time. Now, look at God. He has people listening to this podcast all over the world, even in Ireland, even in South Africa. I thank and praise him for that, that the word of the Lord is getting out. It's a strategic platform where we are sharing God's word, but we're sharing it in a strategic type of manner. Once again, the Lotus Flower Podcast is a podcast that spurs educational topics that are empowering and impactful and that are meant to change your very life. I want you to know that as a licensed clinical therapist and as a licensed and ordained minister, I am invested in you. I want to see you reach your potential. And that is why the Lord has charged me to come on every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to share a timely story of resilience with you. Sometimes I will be hosting guests on the podcast and sometimes I will be coming to you solo, presenting topics that are life-changing. Tonight, our topic is a very fitting and timely topic from transition to transformation. Well, you might ask yourself, Dr. Robinson, what do you mean by from transition to transformation? Well, I want to begin this way and let you know. I lost my husband to stage four lung cancer on September 7th of last year. After two months have gone by, I found myself writing in my journal. And when I wrote in my journal, I couldn't stop crying for the words were coming out, but the tears were just 
coming so hard until they were literally blinding me until I couldn't even see to write any further. But the Lord gave me strength to be able to write out my words in the journal. I want to tell you that when I was keeping the journal, it helped me to process the feelings and the hurt and the pain that I was going through. Even though my faith was strong and it was alive as it is now, I was hurt, disappointed, disillusioned, raw, and sad. And I kept vacillating between despair because he's gone and gratitude because my husband did not have to suffer any longer. Now I want you to know that his last words to me were, honey, I love you and I want you to go on with your life. He said, honey, go on with your life. Don't let my passing away cause you to stop living your life. And so that is what I want to encourage you, my listening audience, or those that are watching tonight with. Don't let a situation stop you from living your life. We know that as born again believers, that I assume that most of you are that out of watching and listening, we believe in eternal life. We believe that there is life after death. We believe that the Lord has called our loved ones from labor to reward. And we believe that they are resting in heaven. And we truly believe that we will see them again. So with my belief system, I was able to navigate my life as a newly found widow. However, as navigating my life as a newly found widow, I wanted to ask myself, what does it look like navigating life without my spouse of 11 years? So what I needed to do and what I want to encourage you to do is I needed to first and foremost find out what it meant to live as a single adult again. And that meant that I wasn't to rush and get involved in another intimate relationship right away. For me, it's only been seven months, but even if it had been shorter than that or longer than that, first and foremost, I needed to come back to myself. I need to learn how to be a single woman again. And you newly whittled persons that are listening need to learn how to live as a single adult again. You need to learn to live as though the Lord is your husband and that the Lord is leading and guiding and directing you into all of the areas of your life. Yes, sometimes you might feel lonely, and you might want to think, well, I'm going to fill that space up by maybe going on an online dating site and I'll see how it goes. 
But the Lord tells us in his word that he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing and finds favor with the Lord. So that lets us know that we're not supposed to go out there and start looking ourselves for a mate. We're supposed to make ourselves ready. Yes, we're supposed to make sure that we are marriage materials. We're supposed to spend that time in the word of the Lord, spend that time building our own spiritual life up, spend that time getting to know yourself again as a single person. If you've been married for some time to your husband or to your wife, you were knitted together with them as one. The Bible says to become one, and we believe that. And with that being said, then to go ahead and expect yourself to be able to move forward from that bond in a hurry, then you're setting yourself up for failure. You've got to allow yourself time to move into knowing what it means to live as a single adult again. And so take time for yourself. Take time to learn to love on yourself again. Go and take a nice hot bubble bath. Here in my new home, the Lord blessed me with something that I really truly wanted. I asked him for my next home that please let it have a sunken, soaking tub that I could put my bubble bath in and I could set my candles around the edges and I could put my good scents in and my essential oils and I could sit there and soak life's troubles away. Well, he did just that for me. He blessed me with a tub that's a soaking tub and it's really deep. And guess what? It's a round tub. The shape of the tub is round. So I look forward to soaking my troubles away in my tub as I have my candles lit and I bring my book in, might bring my Bible in there, or I may bring some self-help books or just books that I love to read and take the time for myself to get to know me. So that's what I want you to do. As you're navigating your new life, I want you to begin to spend time with yourself and do what's called self-care. I also want you to sustain those relationships that you have in your life. Sometimes in life, when you're going through widowhood, or if it just has happened, you may want to push those relationships off because you just may not want to be bothered with anyone. But I want to let you know that it's a good thing to be able to sustain those relationships in your life and also build new relationships. And you might ask why? Because it's in relationships that you can actually begin to release some of the sadness and some of the despair, some of the anger, feeling disillusioned through those relationships. Even if you don't talk to the person about those things, I mean friend relationships, even if you all don't talk about those things, at least you're with someone and you're able to share, you're able to smile, you're able to laugh, you might go to the farmer's market with them, 
You may walk to the library. You may want to take a walk through the park. You may want to walk through trails. You just may want to go off for coffee or tea with your girlfriends, or you might want to hang out with your guy friends. I know my pastor had preached Sunday that he and some of the males at the church went out for chicken wings and coffee and pop and water, and they fellowship at this wing place. They spent time together. And so doing stuff like that, widows or widowers, will help you to alleviate some of the sadness that you might find yourself going through. Also, as you're navigating your daily life, learn how to cope appropriately. There are inappropriate ways to cope with grief and loss, and there are appropriate ways to cope with grief and loss. Some of the inappropriate ways would be to get yourself involved in toxic relationships. And I just don't mean intimate relationships, but I mean toxic relationships with someone that isn't good for you or relationship that brings you down or relationship that keeps you held hostage. Any situation that you find yourself in that is toxic, it does not feed you and feed you to the point where it uplifts you, then it's a toxic relationship and it's inappropriate. But coping in appropriate ways would be going to therapy. It's okay not to be okay. Seeking out a culturally relevant therapist to work with you and help you through the grieving process, to help you to look at things from a different parameter, or to help you to have a paradigm shift in how you have been thinking is a good thing. That therapist will also help you to maintain your mental health wellness. So seek out a good culturally relevant Christian therapist. Also, when you're navigating through daily life, I would encourage you to talk to your relatives. They know you the best. Many of us have sisters, brothers, cousins, Fictic kin. I have many sisters that they're not really my blood sisters, but they're sisters that I've known from the church for over 30 years. And I talk to them often. I call them or I'll text them or I'll send them a message through Facebook Messenger. And we keep in contact with one another. So talk to your friends and talk to your relatives. Also, make sure that you find a religious community. So if you are not involved in church, then I would encourage you to get involved in a religious community. There you'll find so much support and love. We were at church Sunday and I tell you, the people were just so wonderful. We have just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina, roughly five months now, and the church home that we have found ourselves in, the people are so loving and so nurturing and so caring, and the pastor is just so transparent and down to earth. 
and we find so much support in the body of Christ. We are energized when we walk in and we are extra energized when we leave out. And I thank and praise the Lord for a religious community. So I would encourage you under the sound of my voice tonight to find a church home. Or if you have a church home, don't let your grief and loss and sorrow and feeling disillusioned and depressed, don't let those emotions keep you out of the house of the Lord because that is where you need to be. I've been told many times that the house of the Lord is a hospital for the saints. So go on in that house of the Lord and let the Lord deal with you. Let the anointing in the house of the Lord melt away your pain and your sorrow. The Lord told us in his word that he would not give us more than what we could bear. And he said with every temptation that comes our way, that he would make a way of escape. So take him at his word. Also, as you're navigating through your daily life and your new normal of widowhood, exercise. Exercise, it actually releases a lot of endorphins. It releases toxic things that find, that find themselves in our body through exercise. Exercising also helps you to release stress. It helps you to even feel happy after you walk, after you walked on the treadmill, after you rode your exercise bike or rode your actual bike, after you've actually spent time walking on the trails, spent time at your local YWCA, if you have spent time exercising, maybe you might get right there on your living room floor and do some stretching and squats, push-ups, spend time exercising. That will help you in your daily life. It will help you to feel better and it will release some of the pain and some of the loneliness that you find yourself in. Our title tonight, From Transition to Transformation, or the way that you transform yourself, <clears throat> excuse me, is by allowing yourself to be transformed like a butterfly. It has to go through the metamorphosis process. That butterfly starts off as a cocoon. And in the cocoon state, it's in there and it's actually growing. Now you can't see inside of that cocoon what's going on, but there is something taking place. So I want to encourage you that even though you might feel like you're in a dark place, and you might feel lonely and overwhelmed and oh, you miss your loved one so your best friend has just transitioned, your husband or your wife, and you can't see your way through. But just like that caterpillar that starts off in that cocoon state, it's in a protective environment. The Lord has you in a protective environment right now. 
He may not want to release you out into the greater part of your life right now because he may be dealing with you in an area that he just wants to have that intimacy with you and with him. But when the time comes, the Lord will cause you to be able to matriculate up and out of that dark state or up and out of that loneliness or up and out of that grief. And he will cause you to do just like the butterfly in stages. That butterfly doesn't come out of that cocoon state as a beautiful butterfly. That butterfly comes out of that cocoon state as a slimy caterpillar. Look, that butterfly needed to learn how to go from that slimy caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. So yes, when you're in that state of grief and loss and widowhood and you're coming out Little by little, you're peeking out and you're getting out of that depression. You're getting out of that despair. You're getting out of that disillusionment. You're getting out of feeling super sad. Yet and still, you still feel a little uncertain. You still feel like you've got like a monkey on your back. You feel like you can't go on. You just don't feel like yourself. Just like the caterpillar. It just wasn't quite ready to move on into that beautiful butterfly state. And that is okay, because like I said, it's a process from transition to transformation. So just like that butterfly, you are beautiful and you are just where the Lord would have you to be at, at this time in your life. When you're going through grief and loss and your spouse has transitioned, you will get to the point where you're feeling as though you are ready to fly again and you have fully transformed through the process. However, it takes time. It's a continuum. My process of navigating through grief and loss, it will never be the same as your process of navigating through grief and loss. But that doesn't mean that you're not doing it right. And that doesn't mean that there must be something that's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. Everything is just fine with you. And believe that. Believe it. Because God said it. Now, as you navigate through your life, emotions of bereavement are real. The emotions of bereavement are so real that there are times in our lives that someone may come up to us and they may offer condolences to us. And you will say, most likely, thank you so much for those kind words. But inside of your spirit, you're thinking, now let's change the subject because you just don't want to talk about the bereavement process 
You just don't want to relive it over and over again because it gets, gets to be too painful for you to live and to hear and to have to share the story over and over and over again, even with well-wishers. So the emotions of bereavement can come and go in waves. Grief. Grief comes to us when we are least expecting it to come. Grief is different for everyone. Grief has no distance. Grief comes in waves, just like the waves of the sea. It crashes in and it goes back out to shore. It crashes in at times and then it goes back out to shore. It comes and goes in waves. Grief comes and it goes and it comes suddenly and then it will weaken you at your knees and it will blind your eyes with the tears that you cry. You think, I thought I was over that. I thought I was beyond that. But there comes the grief again, the wave, and back out. But just know that grief is a process. And emotions of bereavement are okay. Feeling as though you're on a roller coaster. Feeling as though one day you're up and the next day you're down. You know, I'm a person that loves to ride roller coasters with my young adult children. We just went to, it was us, before we moved down to North Carolina, we went to, um, for those of you that are not from the Midwest, it's called Michigan Adventures. And I'd liken that to a smaller Disneyland. So when we went to this Michigan Adventure, my young adults and I, we rode on all of the roller coasters that we could. And we were looking for the fastest and the highest and the scariest roller coasters out there. And oh, when we got on the roller coaster, one of them called Zach Zoomers, it took us up. That's the sound that the train track was making. It's a wooden roller coaster. And that wooden roller coaster took us up real slow up this really steep, high hill. But when we get up to the top of that steep, high hill going really slow, we sat there in that car for I thought was forever. But it was only a couple seconds. And then all of a sudden that roller coaster came shoot, crashing down. It was crashing down so fast, it went super fast at a high speed. I kid you not, over 60 miles per hour. And it started zooming around and curves and up and down. And I was calling on my mama. I said, mama, I would like to liken that to the waves of the roller coaster called grief. Sometimes 
as we as widows and widowers are going through this grief process, we go up real slow some days. We're tired, we're sad, we're anxious, we're depressed. Oh, we're apprehensive, we're disillusioned. We may even be angry and we move slow through our day. But then maybe toward the middle of the day, we have reached our plateau and we are at our peak where we find ourselves happy. We've had some coffee for those of you to drink coffee. We might've had a mocha that I love from McDonald's. We may have had our favorite lunch, which is Mexican food for me, or all of the delicious delicacies that I find myself eating down here in the South. And oh, I just am feeling so good. It's like you all, the middle of the day, you may be at your highest and oh, you may be feeling so good. But then give it to around five o'clock, just about the dinner hour. When things are settling in, you're home from work, ready to cook dinner for the family, getting ready to maybe just chill out for the evening, and you find yourself standing there at the stove and you're just bawling. Oh, your eyes are so red and you're just crying your little eyes out. And you're like, why, why, where, and how did this all of a sudden happen? I was feeling so good. I never expected myself to have, once again, the waves of grief hit me this strong. Out of nowhere, it comes the emotions of bereavement, grief. It is okay to let yourself feel those emotions. As a licensed clinical social worker, I have worked with many people that have gone through grief and loss, and I have encouraged them to allow themselves to feel what they're feeling. Because if you bottle those emotions up, they're gonna come out some way. And oftentimes they come out in ways that we do not want them to. And so allow yourself to go on those waves. When grief comes, go with it. Like they say, when you're out surfing, go with the wave. Don't try to fight the wave. Go with the wave and you'll be okay. Now, there are two cliches that are actually true that many of us hear as widow and widowers. We hear those cliches and we wonder to ourselves, hmm, I have heard that before. Hmm. Why do I keep hearing these cliches? Now, I'm going to give you a moment to think about what those cliches might be. I'm going to sit here a moment. Now, the cliches are true. One cliche is, it's going to be all right. Don't you worry. Things will get better. It's going to be all right. 
And the other cliche is, I understand what you're going through. Don't worry. I'm here for you. Two cliches that we hear all the time to the degree that sometimes we get tired of hearing the cliches. Yet and still, people that tell us these things, and sometimes we tell our own selves these things, they mean us good. They're not just saying that just to say it. They're saying it because they really mean us good. So never discredit or discount when someone is coming your way and they want to share with you words of encouragement, even though you may have heard these things time and time and time again. Receive what people have to say because their intentions are good. I know that with God, all things are possible. And I know that the Lord is taking you from transition to transformation. Now we're going to pause for station identification. Thank you. Thank you for pausing with me for station identification. I wanted to be able to share with you a pause tonight to let you know that the Lotus Flower Podcast has not only words of encouragement for you through these empowering and enriching stories from myself and from our guests. We also have products that are available to you to help you as you navigate life. So once again, at the end of the podcast, you will find in the description products that you can purchase to help you navigate through the grief and loss process. As a author, I have written several books centered around mental health wellness that I guarantee will help you as you navigate through the process of grief and loss. Now, as we navigate through the process of grief and loss, sometimes we find ourselves living on empty. And you might say, 
Dr. Robinson, what do you mean when you say living on empty? Well, have you ever had your grandpa tell you this story? Because I know I have had mine tell me this story about a wagon that he said he was a little boy. And when he had a wagon, there was a little rock inside of this wagon that he had. And he said that he didn't realize it was a walk in this wagon. It was a red wagon, shiny with a long gray handle that he pulled it by, had four rusted out tires on it and kind of a rusted out inside, he said. But as he was pulling this red, this red wagon down the road, because he lived on a dirt road down south, it was just making so much noise. But the, the wagon was sp supposed to be empty. So my grandfather told us that he said, I, I don't understand why this wagon is making all this noise when, when in fact it's empty. Well, the wagon had a little bit of pebble in there. And every time he pulled that wagon down that dirt road and the gravel got caught up in the tires as he was pulling it, it was the gravel underneath those tires from that sandy dirt road mixed in with that little pebble that was in the wagon that was causing all of that noise. In fact, the wagon was actually empty because the pebble that was in the wagon was so small, it was minute, the size of a pinhead. So it was empty, yet and still it was making a lot of noise. Now I liken that to living on empty through the grief and loss process. And many of us find ourselves living empty right now we're going through this process where we don't have our loved one with us and we feel so disillusioned. We feel so empty. We feel like, what am I gonna do with myself now? I'm used to going to the grocery store with my loved one. I'm used to my honey sitting with me on the couch and we're just binge watching Netflix. I'm used to my honey being with me as we go to worship service together. And oh, don't forget about the holidays. It's empty. Easter. Mother's Day is coming up. Empty because my spouse isn't here. My wife isn't here. My husband isn't here. So inside, I just feel empty. Like I have so much time on my hand. I have so many things that are unresolved. I have so many issues that have come my way because I am feeling empty on the inside. But I'm here to encourage you tonight that living on empty is a good thing because we've got to have what I call a paradigm shift. The Bible tells us to call things that be not as though they were. 
Now, my grandfather, as he was a boy, he was upset because that wagon was making all that noise and it was supposed to be empty. And then you find yourself upset because you're living on empty and you have all this time on your hand, you don't know what to do with it. But I'm telling you to have what I call a paradigm shift, meaning that look at that empty situation as an opportunity. Look at that empty situation you find yourself in as an opportunity to be able to rebuild yourself, to be able to sit with your own self. I know it's hard sometimes to sit with your own self and hear your own thoughts because sometimes it's hard because then we have to have a flood of emotions come into our mind and into our spirits and it sometimes uncomfortable. So on that empty spot, we try to hurry up and fill it up with something. But it's an opportunity. You hear me? Living on empty is an opportunity. It's an opportunity. What is an opportunity? An opportunity means that is a time where you could actually benefit from something that you never could have benefited from if you hadn't been in that predicament. So look at things from a different lens, from a different perspective. Ask the Lord to show you what to do with this time that he has given you in your life. He has allowed you and he has graced you to be able to be in your right mind, to have the activities of your limbs, and to be able to rationalize, to think, and to live as a strong, able-bodied adult. Yes, it's okay, once I said, as you're going through transition to transformation, to go through the grief process, and that's okay. But when you're staying there and you're living there, too long to the degree that it causes you to have what I have diagnosed people with, clinical depression, then it's getting to be a bit much. Then it's getting to be over the top. Then it's getting to be frustrating like my grandfather was when he was a little boy. He was frustrated with all that noise from that empty wagon. Well, it gets to be frustrating to your loved ones. It gets to be frustrating to your co-workers, frustrating to those that you are in fellowship with at your church. It gets to be frustrating even to yourself. You might say, well, Dr. Robinson, you're being a little bit harsh, but I am attempting to push you outside of your comfort zone. I want to push you into knowing that you've got to reach a little further you got to reach past that empty spot and you got to cast those cares onto the Lord because he cares for you. He wouldn't have told you to cast something on him if he wanted you to keep it in and just get so depressed that you get what's called a diagnosis of clinical depression. Yes, he wants you little by little, as I explained the process of going through metamorphosis. Little by little, through that process, he wants you to take that empty spot 
that you find yourself in. And he wants you to give that over to him. And he wants you to allow him to carry that spot for you. He wants you to trust him just that much. The Lord loves you to the degree that sometimes he brings times of transition to you to create transformation. Let me say that again. Sometimes God brings times of transitions to you to create transformation. So if you find yourself in a time of transition right now, transition means just like a transformer toy, you know, the toys that were out in the 90s. And you take that little toy, just like this little truck here, and you could take the toy and take the wheels off. You could take the hood off. You could take the face off. You could take the bent, the fender off the little truck. And you could literally turn that truck into a pen. Imagine transforming a truck into a pen. That's what the Lord wants to do with you. He wants to transform your brokenness into wholeness. He wants to transform your grief, pain, and sorrow into joy. He wants to turn your joy into gladness. He said in his word that the tears that you cry are tears that won't be forgotten. Those tears that you're crying will actually come forth as joy, joy in the morning. They will be transformed into joy in the morning because the joy of the Lord is your strength. So let the Lord create in you a season of transformation. Yes, it might be painful, just like I said with that butterfly, that butterfly all crunched up in that cocoon state, all crunched in there, trying to break its way out, trying to push its way out of that shell. And you trying to push your way out of that pain, trying to push your way out of that grief, trying to push your way out of that depression, trying to push your way out of that anxiety, trying to push your way out of that fear, trying to push your way out of that anger, angry sometimes even angry at the Lord for allowing your loved one to leave. But just know that God knows what's best for you. He said in his word that he would never leave nor forsake you. He said to cast all of your cares upon me because I care for you. He said that greater is he that's within you than he that is in the world. And he said in his word that you, you, my sister, you, my brother, that's going through the grief and loss process that have found yourself in a state of what I call isolation, what I call a state of singleness, a state that you've never 
probably even saw coming. Yet and still, the Lord saw that and he wants you to cast that loneliness over to him, cast that grief over to him, cast those raw emotions over to him so that he can transform it. He wants to transform your life. But you, my sister, you, my brother, have to be willing to give it to him. Sometimes we get comfortable in the states that we find ourselves in. Sometimes we get comfortable in sadness. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we get comfortable in pain. Sometimes we get comfortable in fear. Sometimes we get comfortable feeling angry, feeling sorry for ourselves, feeling like I'm the victim here. Sometimes we get comfortable in that bed of despair and defeat. But I heard the Lord say that I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. More than, not just a conqueror. I am more, M-O-R-E, more than. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Even I can get beyond the state that I find myself in. I can learn to live life again as a single woman. You can learn to live life again as a single man. You can do all things through Christ Jesus that gives you the strength. Amen. But you got to have a game plan. What is your game plan? What is your game plan in order to move from transition to transformation? Well, I was hoping you'd ask me this tonight. What is my game plan? Well, my game plan is as follows. I trust in the Lord, first and foremost. In all of my ways, I acknowledge him and he truly does direct my paths. So when I am feeling sad, when I am feeling lonely, when I am feeling down and out, I call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and he hears me and he takes away the fear, the pain and the anguish and the depression, anxiety or anything else that is not like him or anything else that is contrary to his word. He lifts it. Yes, he does. And once again, those waves come back. Those waves come back. The waves of grief come crashing in to the shore and they go back and they come out and they go back and they come out. But each time they go back and they come out, I cast them back into the Lord. I cast my cares upon him because he cares for me. I cast them into him. I give them to him. I give my burdens to him. I give my sadness to him. I give my pain to him. I give my weakness to him. And he strengthens me because the Lord is my strength and the Lord is my light and he is my salvation. So I don't have to fear. I do not have to fear those overwhelming emotions. And foremost, I want to tell you some practical things about my game plan and your game plan. Your game plan should consist of 
making your last paperwork relevant. When I say making your last paperwork relevant, I mean your game plan should be that you're going to make sure that you have in place your living will and your dual power of attorney for medical and your dual power of attorney for finances. Because if something was to happen to you unexpectedly or expectedly, then you don't want to just leave your family in a predicament where they just don't even know what to do because you have died unexpectedly. My husband died suddenly of stage four metastasized lung cancer. Yet and still we were prepared. We had his living will written. We had his doable power of attorney for medical and financial written. We had that and we were prepared and we discussed it. I recently met with my attorney to revise my final paperwork, my living will, my doable power of attorney, as well as my paperwork that states what I would have done if I was to transition, how would I want my last service on this earth to look like? Yes, those are difficult conversations to have, but that's a part of your game plan. First and foremost, make sure that you have a good amount of life insurance so that you can take care of your last and final situation. Make it beautiful. Make it a beautiful service. Make it a beautiful memorial. Make it beautiful. Something that your family can remember you by. Make sure that you have those things in place. That's first and foremost a part of your game plan. Also, remember that the first month and beyond after that spouse has transitioned to heaven, you've got to move on. You've got to do what I call a to-do list. Make out a to-do list. On the to-do list, write out all your bills. Write out things that you had to do at the post office. Write out on that to-do list things that you have to do in terms of closing out your loved one's accounts, closing out their bank accounts, their checking account. Write on that to-do list that you've got to connect with their employer. Write on the to-do list that you have to remember to open your mail. You just can't let it lay there because you're depressed or overwhelmed. Write on the to-do list to file for survivor's benefits if you are old enough. So make out 
a to-do list. Oftentimes, we forget little things like this. We forget to do these things. We've got to have a game plan after our loved one has transitioned. Get someone that you trust and love to help you with the process. Also, organize the medical bills. Organize the hospital bills. Cancel out any insurance policies, such as your husband's or your wife's auto insurance policies, if you no longer need them. Also, decide how to manage your husband or wife's social media account. If you're going to close them out, or are you going to keep it open for a while so people can send bereavement supported messages? Also, Decide how to manage incoming phone calls. You have so many people that want to call and they are, their intentions are good. They want to call and wish you well. They want to call and pray with you. They want to check in on you. But there are times that we are going through this transition process that it's okay to let people know at this time, I just don't feel like talking on the phone. So on that to-do list, write out how are you going to manage those calls that are coming in? Are you going to send them to voicemail? Are you going to have a family friend or loved one take those calls for you and intercept them? It's okay. So prepare that list. Also, be sure to prepare a list of the people that you need to send thank you notes to for coming to the service, for supporting you through the process, for being there for you. And that can be done at a later time. It does not have to be done three weeks after your spouse has transitioned. It can be done even a month after your spouse has transitioned. And it's okay to ask for help with that process. So ask for help. A part of the game plan is asking others for help. You might have someone at your church create what I call a dinner train, where over the whole month after your spouse has transitioned, they may bring you dinner each and every night. Yes, they may do that. I have had friends and loved ones when I lived in Kalamazoo, after my spouse transitioned, brought dinner to me for an entire month. Not every night of the week, but at least three to four days out of the week, they were bringing dinner to myself and my three adult children. So I thank God for that. I thank him for that. So make sure that you reach out to people and ask them for help. Put that on your to-do list. Another thing is in your game plan is to make sure that you have a social support game plan. You will 
do your best going through the process of grief and loss and going from transition to transformation by having a support group in your life. Support groups for widows are easy to find in most towns and cities. You can Google bereavement groups for widows, or you can contact a local mental health clinic or social service agency. So ease the burden that you're going through in losing your spouse, losing that significant other, and allow yourself to reach out to a support group and share and begin to go from transition to transformation. Going from transition to transformation. It's okay not to be okay, but it isn't okay just to wallow in pity and wallow there and stay there to the point where you cannot go on, where you stop living, where you're alive, but yet and still you're really not alive because you're just walking around just like a dead person. You're not loving people, you're not laughing, you're not happy, you're not joyful, you're not eating, you're not sleeping. You've got to know that the Lord Jesus Christ wouldn't have allowed you to stay here if he wanted you to walk around as though you've already gone. Go through the grief and loss process, ride out those waves when they come crashing in, in and out of your life. Go through it, but yet and still cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you and trust and believe, like he said in this word, that he would not give us more than what we could bear. So the Lord apparently thought that you could bear what you are going through if he has allowed you to actually be six feet above ground today. So me, right here, I am going through the grief and loss process, but yet and still, I'm going from faith to faith, new level to new level to new level. And I'm going through it only by the grace of the Lord. So be encouraged tonight and know that sometimes God brings times of transitions to create transformation. Our topic tonight, from transition to transformation. Thank you all for joining me this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast. I humbly thank you for supporting the podcast with your subscriptions. I invite you to like, comment, and to subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. When you do so, you will never, ever miss an episode. Each time that the podcast airs, it will actually drop right into your inbox and you will be able to either watch or listen to it 
at that time. Or you can watch it in the replay at your leisure, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Thank you all for joining me this evening for the Lotus Flower Podcast. And know that it is the flower that blooms in adversity that is the greatest of them all, the lotus flower. Bye-bye for now.